do I start us? Welcome to Sweet Tea and D&D. I'm Adrian. Keeping I'm Thomas. It. And I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. And we are so good. How at... many episodes is this now? Like five or six? Five or six. You still so don't have a method. There's no method to the madness. No. No, there's not. We don't no. know what we're doing. Are you going to leave that long silence at the beginning as we all no. look around at, like, who's starting this? I feel like I feel like Zach normally says the welcome to Sweet no. Tea no, part. Is doesn't. that me? You say it every week? Because you're <laughs> A. We're in alphabetical order of hosts. Okay, if y'all say so. I'm going to listen to the record. Yeah, one day you're going to go listen to our podcast, aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> My voice is atrocious, so... <laughs> Thank you all for putting up with it. I yes. mean, I put it up with it every day. Yeah, but... you have to live with it, so that sucks <laughs> for you. No comment. So welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Sweet Tea and D&D, guys. I'm we're currently... Having... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, we're currently having... I believe Zach is having actual sweet tea. I am. That's my goal for every episode. And then Thomas and I are having alcoholic sweet tea, which is margaritas. Where's the tea? <laughs> and Zach just spit his sweet tea. How dare you insult the gods that is Orange Pico sweet tea. And I, I'm unfortunately on a diet, and so my tea is sweetened with artificial sugar. Just oh, like no. my artificial existence. I am so sad. <sighs> I, I grew up on artificially sweetened tea. I never even like had real sweet tea until I met Thomas. So... I did uh, my, too. We had we had diabetes in our family. We we had a lot of sweet and low in our family. Same. I have a lot of sweet and low, and I grew up on it. But in grad school, I got really addicted to sweet, sugary, caffeinated tea because there was this place that just sold it by the gallons down the road from campus, and I haven't let go of that yet. And is that I, Bushes? Uh, no. This is a place called Tea to Go. Um, ah, tea to go. Tea to go, which was nobility. They went bankrupt. It's a mess. Now it's HTO, which is a really weird company name. They're never going to sponsor us, so I could say it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that was there when we were in It Waco, wasn't. It so. opened when I got there. So, yeah. Um, it was good, but I live off of that shit. And then I get to work here, and I start falling asleep at like 1030 at my desk going... I'm dead inside. Coffee. No, I'm bitter enough as it is. <laughs> coffee. coffee. Caffeine. No sweetener. Yeah, you got to put sweetener in. It's disgusting. No. I know no. I'm offending a bunch of coffee drinkers and I apologize. No, I don't. Fuck you. I don't like coffee. It's gross. <laughs> it's just, it's so bitter. And my coworker makes like, they're like those little Verona coffee pods from Starbucks in a Keurig. Mm. It mm-mm, smells mm-mm. burnt every day. That's, that's that's your problem. That's Starbucks. That's but Starbucks drinks, is always burnt. He drinks like two or three of them a day. And I was just like, this smells <laughs> awful. That's I'm sure y'all drink more, but Thomas drinks like a whole pot by himself. Pretty much, he, li- he leaves me like three cups because if I have any more than that, I'll vibrate out of my chair because that's I'm caffeine right. sensitive, and then crash. But Thomas like makes like ten cups and then takes like seven of them with him <laughs> in his thermos. I take nothing to work i i had to get an ice machine at work because i like ice sweet tea and i refuse to drink any beverage hot 
Oh, you're you're gonna hate this. We've got in our office. I've got a little like hot water spigot, right, where it comes out steaming hot. I fill my water cup with that, and then just put enough cold water in it to like make it drinkable. And I put that in a insulated cup, and that's the water I drink at work. Hot, uh, yes, I've corrupted Thomas into hot. loving warm beverages like water. Gross. I also had a Chinese uh, uh, office mate when I was in grad school that. She wouldn't touch a cold drink. Like, it was always hot. Which I come to find out, they have sanitation issues in China, and so water comes hot as a sign of, this is good for you, and sterile. And so if it's not hot, uh, they have negative connotations with non-hot beverages. I get that. We've gotten very off topic. I I did get it. This This one's going to be rambly. This is rambly. They're drunk. I'm... Uh, I've had one margarita. I'm sober and bitter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So we got a monster today. This is like the friendly chat before the podcast began, you know, before you get the details. Um, Coffee coffee sucks. If you're listening, you clearly like sweet tea. It's better. It's in the title. Just carry on. Okay. We're going to ignore. (laughs) Rename it to coffee. Today. Caffeine and D&D. Today. 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 We are looking at page 268 of the Monster Manual. We're talking about the Scarecrow. We got one of them back in the in the field. Well, this one's freaky as hell. If you've looked at this, you should open up your Monster Manual and look at this artwork. It is freaky as hell, which is the only reason I stopped. I was like flipping through and stopped at it, and I was like, this is scary. Have we already talked about this? Real skinny oogie boogie. Boogie, boogie, boogie. I don't know. It's the stuff of nightmares, if you ask me. But they also, they start off the description with a, I'm going to call it a poem because it's hard to say. No pressure. (laughs) You did it earlier. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) Use your words. At heart. (laughs) Stop it. Use your therapy. I did have a lot of speech therapy. At harvest time, when death revisits the twilight world and summer's blossoms bow their withered heads, eerie scarecrows loom in silent vigil over empty fields. With immortal patience, these stoic sentinels hold their posts through wind, storm, and flood, bound to their master's command, eager to terrify prey with its sackcloth visage and rend victims with its razor-sharp claws. So, I these are. <laughs> Zach tries to snap. He can't do it. it Thomas, can... Thomas is good at snapping. I can't. It's not picking up through the mic, but I got gotcha. you. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes. These are spirit-powered constructs. So, Zach, what's a construct? Construct means it was assembled, so it's made of something else that's not normally living material. Same. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm 80 percent corn starch if i'm honest but i guess <laughs> or corn syrup as all good-blooded americans are <laughs> america <laughs> okay a scarecrow is animated by the bound spirit of a slain evil creature granting it purpose and mobility in this uncanny presence from beyond death that allows a scarecrow to inspire fear in those it gazes upon. Hags and witches often bind scarecrows with the spirits of demons, but any evil spirit will do. 
Although aspects of the spirit's personality might surface, a scarecrow's spirit doesn't recall the memories it had as a creature, and its will is focused solely on serving its creator. If its creator dies, the spirit's... Oh my god, I can't talk all of a sudden. I did so good on that poem. It's and the I tequila. It, it might be. Tequila. It, <laughs> tequila, sweet tea, and D&D. &D. If its New creator title. dies, the spirit inhabiting a scarecrow either continues to follow its last command, seeks revenge for its creator's death, or destroys itself. So. Real roll of the dice there. So... Yeah, so basically they take dead things and they make it into a scarecrow and give it a command and tells it to murder things is what it sounds like. Sounds about right, yeah. Sounds like maybe it would be, this would be like a uh, a necromancer's guardian of some sort. It's a spirit. It's not undead, so it doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. a necromancer's. That's true. Um, as a construct, it doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. So, that's the full description of a scarecrow. It is probably the most, like, I don't know, artsy monster description I think I've read in the monster manual. Like, you can tell these are sometimes written by different people. Um, I don't know how the monster manual came to be, but, like, that one was, like, I don't know. Someone put some thought and effort into that one. I feel like it's very artistic. It was very descriptive. Some of them are just like, it does this, it does this, it lives here, yeah. enjoy, murder. But it got it, it got no flavor text. So I like mean? Twilight. I've never heard that Twilight used as Twilight. Yeah, it used to be lit. That's like. <laughs> That's just like, we're getting lit at twilight. Meet me in the field with a scarecrow. That's just, that sounds like one, a great way to die in a horror I, movie. I, yeah, though oh, I, yeah. I feel like the, the scarecrow lit is not something the scarecrow wants. I feel like surely this dude's weak to fire. Oh yeah, I think he is because he looks like he's made of straw. So um, how would you describe this guy's appearance based off the art they gave us here? So think of like literally any scary movie you've seen that has a scarecrow in it and it looks fucking creepy like that. See, it's I like picture it with like a wooden stake in the legs. Four legs. It, it looks more like vines, twiny sort of stuff all yeah. like grown and wrapped together. He's got feet. And he's got like clawed feet and clawed hands and then like a creepy ass sackcloth mouth. So I, I mean, get that. All of his, yeah. Why does he need clothes, though? Because he's, does he have? Well, construct. It's what's holding him together, I guess. I guess. Besides the magic. Did he apply the clothes himself, or was that something between the summoning of him? They're just I like, mean, he, shit, he I gotta find up. my rags. He woke up and he's like, oh, I'm naked. Don't look at me. Hang I mean, on. I think, like, traditionally, like, scarecrows have, like, raggedy clothes put True. on them. I don't know if that was to make them look more like people. I'm assuming that is because, like, scarecrows were like, oh, this is a people in the field, so the animals won't come here. Yeah, that's true. And so I think it's just traditionally scarecrows have clothes. I, I guess that's the, a good point. This one just looks... It's not wearing overalls, but I feel like D&D, &D, there's not really overalls in D&D. &D, so. Not yet, anyways. Could be. But I like that it's I'm... wearing like a crop top, though. You could, if <laughs> well, it had a just... navel, it it's would be just visible. just in style. Yeah, it's just so that you can see, hey, this is like wood shit throughout, but also I'm wearing clothes. 
okay. I but just know I'm wood underneath, I think. Or brush. <laughs> He's like all the yeah. college students here. In I don't know. Town. I didn't do it. I wear This one got two different two different arts. So most monsters only get one art and this one got two. So someone really liked this one. They Somebody's put a lot like, of work into this I'm gonna one. Make somebody cry. Let's do it. All right. So, stats. Let's talk about this dude. The Scarecrow is a medium construct. He is chaotic evil. He's an armor class... Well, yes. He's an armor class of 11, hit points of 8d8, or 36, a speed of 30 feet. So, about average. He's a strength of 11, a dex of 13, a con of 11, an intelligence of 10, a wisdom of 10, and a charisma of 13. He's weirdly charismatic. Uh, plus uh, one's not super charismatic. I find it interesting that like he's a zero modifier on everything but dexterity and charisma. Just plus ones in those. Yeah. Those are the two that he's got pluses on. Yeah, dexterity doesn't seem like that would be a bundle of straws strong point. Yeah, I mean, what well, it's would not be strength. a bundle of straw? What would it be? Like, yeah. what is it gonna be? Yeah, well, I guess better than it being stealth, because he's a bunch of dry, dead uh, stuff, so... Well, that's just dexterity-based, right? At, at least he could have some wisdom, right? Like, but he's I guess he's also a dead spirit. He's so. a dead spirit. I don't know. He should be plus zero to nothing. He's got nothing going for him. Plus zero to everything. <laughs> uh, he is vulnerable to fire, as uh, Thomas so aptly guessed. He is flammable. Fire. Got it. I mean, but he is resistant to most all the non-magical things: bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. From non-magical attacks. Huh. I feel like slashing. So slashing all the so the swords. The swords aren't going to do you a lot of good. Well, Unless you um, light them on fire. Yeah. Piercing is arrows. And arrows. And, I guess that's true. Uh, rapiers are piercing. Bludgeoning is like a mace. Which bludgeoning makes sense. Like if you beat a stack of grass. It's probably going to be okay. Right. Well, if you poke holes in it, too. But I feel like slashing. If you just chop them in If half. I brought my scythe with me. Yeah, scythe is very much a things, but it's held together by wishes and hate. So I guess it's resistant yeah. to being cut. I think... It's for, also in... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, thematically, it'd be funny if, like, you did scythe it in half, but it was non-magical. So, like, yeah, it fell over. And then it started crawling to you all creepy oh, on the ground and started weaving itself back together. Yeah. But without losing, losing movement, because it's not supposed to. It's just creepily yeah. fast. That would be fucking creepy. <laughs> I want to use this now. You should. I've never seen anyone use this before. Well, what's the CR? Uh, we're not there yet. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. It is also immune to poison. To order, you cannot poison the grass construct. Damn. There it is also poison. immune to being charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, or unconscious. Really? So it kind of seems like the only way to kill this thing is with fire. It looks like a great kisser. Or any magic weapon. I guess that's true. Or spell that isn't um, poison-based. Uh, yeah. Poison cloud will not work on it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I feel like a lot of spells are poison or fire, so There's I'm a trying lot, to yeah. think of think of what other ones are, but There's I don't have as much spells. experience. There's magic missile. 
All sorts. Is magic missile just magic? It's force <laughs> it damage. Have a type. That's oh, what force. it's called. I think bludgeoning okay. should just be renamed to force damage, but whatever. I didn't write the Yeah, book. I think I kind of thought bludgeoning and force were the same thing, but I <laughs> guess it kind of makes sense. That One originates from magic. That's the difference. So it is gotcha. considered magical bludgeoning damage, technically. Um. So as far as senses go, this dude has 60 feet dark vision, and he has a passive perception of 10. And it understands the languages of its creator, but it cannot speak. Because it's Scarecrow. Thank goodness. It has. Yeah. It doesn't really have, I mean, they kind of give it a mouth, but it's like made of fake Made of and clothes. It's same clothing. Grass yeah. and clothes, clothes and, and stuff. I'm sure and it's dead, really communicative. Dead evil spirits. Um, it's a challenge rating of one. Ooh, frightening. So, he's not very hard. I feel like he's a fun, like, instead of just, like, goblins, you can give them... I was gonna say, can we have a swarm of them? Yeah. Like, you're like, out in the field, and all of a sudden you're surrounded like, by Like, give your, your low-level party scarecrows instead of goblins, because these dudes are way scarier. Goblins are, like, a quarter CR, if not, like, a half. So, they are much weaker than one of these, but yes, I agree. Yeah, but usually you face, like, like six goblins yeah. at once. Yeah, like, Maybe one or two. Of like of these. a party of a party of five, I feel like could take on one of these. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially if like literally any of them has anything fire. Um, so he has false appearance. While the scarecrow remains motionless, it is indistinguishable from an ordinary inanimate scarecrow. Still so, creepy. Still just so set him on fire. Super. I mean, everyone. Well, don't set scarecrows on fire because that could burn down food. But don't trust scarecrows. They're always creepy. Um, so, yeah, I guess that means, like, no matter how good your, like, perception check and shit is, you can't tell. Correct. It won't be, you won't be able to tell whether or not it's a scarecrow. However, I will say that is if it's not acted yet. You cannot tell. I would say as a DM, if the players watched a scarecrow just start bounding through a field of corn and there's no other scarecrow in sight, you probably have an idea that it's probably not just a regular scarecrow anymore. Well, it does say while it remains motionless. Yeah. So. But if it's motionless, around, like maybe it runs and ducks into a field and then like pops up in a random field with a bunch of other scarecrows, that's the challenge. But otherwise, when you don't know it's present, that it is an enemy and it just looks like a scarecrow, that's when that takes effect. Yeah, that'd be fun. You could, like, slowly have it moving, like, closer and closer and have perception checks for your party to notice if, if they yes. notice it's moving closer. Exactly. Kind of, uh, what is it, the weeping angels type yes, of thing? Yes, like a weeping angels type of thing. Exactly. You're so original. <laughs> Shut up. I've never even seen that show. Um, Good so, show. as far as actions, the scarecrow has multi-attack. He gets to make two claw attacks. Um, the claw attack is a melee weapon attack with plus three to hit, a reach of five feet and one target. It hits 2d4 plus one slashing damage. If the target is a creature, it must save on a succeed on a DC 11 wisdom saving throw or be frightened until the end of the scarecrow's next turn. So... They're smart and they're scared, as they should be, because these things are fucking creepy. Yeah, I guess the frightened is what really bumps them up above the uh, the goblins. Yeah, goblins aren't that scary. 
And multi-attack, I guess, too. Multi-attack? That... Two attacks that... is pretty good. Well, up yeah. to nine damage apiece, yeah. Yeah. The other thing it can do is its terrifying glare. The scarecrow targets one creature it can see within 30 feet. If the target can see the scarecrow, the target must succeed on a DC 11 wisdom saving throw or be magically frightened until the end of the scarecrow's next turn. The frightened target is paralyzed. Mm. How is that different from the claw attack? Uh, I guess that it's also paralyzed. So they both are actions, so you can only do one or the other. So That's what it seems like. So the multi-attack, it does two claw attacks, and then there's a wisdom saving throw. It's the same DC, but the yep. creature can do an action of terrifying glare, and then on its next turn, start attacking. So, that's all there is to the Scarecrow. It's creepy. Seems like it would be effective. Uh, a smart wizard could probably get rid of it pretty easily. Yeah. Okay, y'all ready for this? Yeah. Okay, here's how I use a scarecrow. So, one, there should always be more than one if the party can handle it because it's more fun that way. Uh, two, if it's the only one, there should be multiple regular scarecrows mixed into the field, as we already discussed on its like a false appearance. So, the first thing I would do is it's a wisdom saving throw. Uh, as the DM, I'd probably try to focus on the wisdom, the worst wisdom character. Um, there are a lot of classes that are wisdom based. So mm, clerics being one of them, druids being the other one, probably not going to target them first, but it's a scarecrow. It doesn't know that it has a plus zero modifier. Uh, so the first thing I would do is try to scare somebody. Here's the thing that's super important. Terrifying glare is the more powerful version of this because at the end of it, it says the frightened target is paralyzed. So first thing we need to discuss is what is the frightened condition? And so frightened is a frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. So if it's conceived of the scarecrow, it's scared. The creature cannot willingly move closer to the target. It doesn't say that they have to immediately run away. It just means they can't approach it any closer. However, isn't there isn't there a condition where they have to run away or is that just an add on to some frightened? Uh, that's some spells that they have to immediately use their movement to run or they sometimes okay. will say you must use your next action or your reaction to run away as far as you can from the creature. Gotcha. As for paralyzed, this is where the scarecrow can really ruin a party's night or day, depending when it's attacking. A paralyzed creature is incapacitated. Incapacitated means the creature can't take actions or reactions, so it's stuck there. The creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws. Attacks against the creature have advantage. Any attack that hits the creature is a critical if the attack is within five feet. The scarecrow has only melee attacks. And it gets advantage on them. And they're always and they're considered all critical. <laughs> yeah. And it gets two of them. Yeah. So if it. Oh, yeah. And every attack is a critical. So this would be great for kind of ambushing your party or at least one member. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's following the party in like this cornfield for a bit and they're kind of losing it. Or one of them kind of splits from the party and it makes eye contact because it doesn't say it has to move. It just has to spend an action to use the skill based off the stat. Mm. So, you've now scared them with a terrifying glare. They failed the save. They are frightened. They can't move away. They can't move closer towards you. So, now they're stuck. 
you run in and let me see here there is no saving throw after this so they are stuck and paralyzed from this glare uh oh yeah until attacked or yeah how do you get out it's you not can't unless the... someone comes to save you uh hold on let me see is that a frightened or is that a paral yeah it's par- paralysis or frightened let's see Oh, this is going to be messed up. Ooh, Lesser Restoration is a second level spell. You'd probably need to get out of that. Oh, that sucks. Okay, so a frightened creature is paralyzed. To break paralysis, you have to use a second level spell. So if that's the case, the person is terrifying glared and they are stuck where they are. The creature then gets advantage on two attack rolls against this target. They have a plus three to roll, so 2d20 plus three. And then it gets 2d6, four plus one, which means you're going to get 4d4 on the first roll, which is a maximum of 16 plus one, 17 damage. And then you do it twice because you have multi-attack. Granted, this can't all happen in the same round because it takes an action to use Terrifying Glare. Right, right. Right. Uh, it will say that the creature is frightened if they do a hit on something. I would say that this creature would probably make a few rounds on another one and then try to sneak sneak away and ambush the party. But I see this as a... It's going to try to do one-on-one if the group's high enough level. If the group's low enough level, and this is where you have to be really careful if you're using this against a party of low levels. It's a CR1, so level 1 party would be great for it, right? Level 1 parties don't have magic weapons. Not yeah, commonly. You could, you could really, you could really fuck up a, a level one person. Yeah, this would ruin a day for somebody. They're gonna have to rely on magic or some type of magical weapon if they have it, or or just fire. Like, would you want? Yeah, somebody maybe to, you like, like also include like fire nearby. So if someone was smart, they could figure it out. Or you yeah, know, if they have torch. A, a fire starter. Yeah, know, most. I mean, I don't know. Who, I don't know if he keeps burning like bonfires near their like wheat fields where they also have scarecrows, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I think if anything, the party will have to be creative, and that's where you like, hey, you pull out your torch. Yeah, your torch isn't a magical weapon, but you can hit it with it and then start a fire on it, and that's the question. But then you have to deal with which part of the season are you in? Is this about harvest time for corn when it's dry as fuck, or is it still growing, <laughs> not ready to harvest yet, wet ass corn? So there's some chances that they're going to set a lot of stuff on fire in the process. But I think this creature is summoned from another demon or something. It's not stupid. So it will run away if it needs to, especially if fire is involved. Um, I would say if it is set on fire, it will likely use its action to take the fire off of its body so it doesn't, you know, die. Uh, But I think with this, if it fails a terrifying glare, it'd be good to switch to the claw. I could see this being a very creepy, like you have to go investigate a farm Paul has it come back from the shop or whatever you want to do with it. And you are the meddling kids. We, yeah. You're essentially Scooby-Doo right off the bat. You're the mystery gang gang. No mystery machine yeah. is the car. Nope. Mystery yep. machine is the van. That's the van. The... Yeah. yeah. The gang. So yeah. The gang. So, um, and it's got dark gang vision. murder hobos. Yeah. Hopefully you're not one of those. Don't let your party be murder hobos. Show them consequences. But yeah, this thing could wreck some low-level party members if if they don't magic. have magic. I will say I would probably switch this up if you're doing more of a modern thing. The mannequin idea is pretty good. Give this to some mannequins so you can't tell 
like maybe the party's on a shopping spree and they happen to go find this old ma- uh, magic shop that's been abandoned and the mannequins you, want to die. Do we need to flip through the monster manual and make sure there's not a mannequin? I don't think there's a mannequin. Kind of... I don't think there's like 90s shopping in the monster manual. Ah, <laughs> uh, but, but mannequins have been used to forever. Yeah, I think it would be hilarious. Like a helm tour is kind of like an uh, our animated armor would kind of be similar to that. But I like the idea of the mannequin made of like meltable, easily ma- melted plastic. But also, I think it'd be hilarious if you got your ass kicked in a gap. So, are you ready to do our magic item? A revisit yes. of the magic item? Yes. What? We are continuing our discussion on the deck of many things. This week, we're going to cover some of the boons instead of just the bad things that can happen like we did last time. Yeah, we went dark first time. I mean, that's where the fun is. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your soul is sealed in a vessel that's hidden far away. That's, I that's, that a, fun. that's a fun side campaign for the rest of the party while you sit there and do nothing. You make a new character or you become a knight <laughs> if you get that card. Um, oh, one mm. last thing on the Scarecrow. The only way to remove a paralysis effect is to use a spell for that or to wait. I think like a long rest removes it. So just mm. keep that in mind. If you knock the party through paralysis and run away... Then they have another problem to deal with. And that's laying in a cornfield paralyzed. Yeah. Especially if they lit it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> or the, or the oh combine was coming. This could go, this could go so bad so it fast. It could ruin a whole thought, lot of days. I was going to do uh, the throne card. So the throne card, you gain proficiency in the persuasion skill. And you double your proficiency bonus on checks made with that skill. In addition, you gain rightful ownership of a small keep somewhere in the world. However, the keep is currently in the hands of monsters, which you must clear out before you can claim the keep is yours. So, definitely a fun... uh, uh, Well, one, hopefully you're already a bard and just become hella persuasive right because that's you know i mean that's you're already persistent that's the expertise is what that gives you double proficiency so it would help yeah. to have a character yeah, yeah. who's maybe a little not less good at it. okay yeah yeah instead yeah work on your weaknesses instead of build on your strengths yeah i get you yeah. master what is uh, it jack of all trades master of none but better like than that. a master yeah. of one i just want to know if like oh if i can clear out this keep that i have with persuasion maybe it says monsters it depends if they're like intelligent enough for that right it does it does say okay i'll give you some money and you can leave is really is just fun for the dm you just here's here's you a new uh little side adventure you get to go on (laughs) you get to pick what monsters or if you're a cruel dm who likes to mess with the party all the monsters are like a fam- family clan that are like really, really nice, and you have to evict them out of the home. Then who's the real <laughs> monster in this situation? It's oh, you. Oh, you're brutal. The murder but hobo. It's rightfully, it's rightfully mine. It might be rightfully his, and maybe he got a deed, but. The, the card said so. <laughs> the card said so. And you can't argue with the card. It's because, it's because that family's elder wrote in his, in his will. Who he was giving it to, but instead of 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 Bob Reed, he gave it to Rod Bead, 
which happens to be you. And so it just, it, it was a mix up. And a deed magically it. appears in your hands and now you got to find it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You just become a little lordling. It's fine. Nailed it. This card is insane. <laughs> it's just like, so there's a castle out there somewhere. Go find it. It's yours. I think my favorite part is it's, it buries the lead. Like, it's like, hey, do you want to be proficient in the persuasion skill and also gain expertise in that? But also, do you want to be a landowner with property that you now have to manage? Congratulations and welcome to landlordship and homeownership. Your dishwasher's broken. Do you get serfs? Yeah, there's really two two separate paths happening here. Persuasion and then property management? Like... Well, you're nobility now. You own a keep, so you're persuasive. Yep, that's it. Does it say you gain nobility or just you have a keep? No, it just says you have a keep. Okay. Yeah. What if it's like on a shitty country's land? What? Okay, sorry. We're, we're getting too deep know. into this keep. We need to keep it simple in the keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, no, that's that's up for your DM yeah. to decide. Yeah. Perfect. You gave him homework. Dang it. Stop giving your DM homework. <laughs> they already have enough on their plate. They love it. That's why they became a DM. Some of us were forced because no one else would play. <laughs> I'm not crying. Yeah. I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> all right. What's the next card? Who's up next? Thomas, you want to take on your card? I just that did was, it. Thomas just did his Oh, my card. God. I'm so tired. I'm so <laughs> dumb. That was the Listen. throne card. I Listen have it listed out of order. I was listening, it's I swear. Friday. I wasn't. I was making jokes <laughs> about keeps. It's Friday night, y'all. It's hard. It's, it's been Friday a long week. night. It's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday night. We're sitting around a microphone recording a podcast. Yeah, we are. And I'm going to go shoot stuff on a PlayStation 4. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. It's going to be like. You better hurry up. The it's going to be beautiful. Booze is kicking in. <laughs> It's the only way she All sleeps. Right. <laughs> With an alcohol jacket. Not an alcoholic. <laughs> let's, not, let's not give the listeners that. Next episode, we're having an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find the appropriate monster for that. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure there's an intervention monster. Uh, it's just so called a therapist. NPC. <laughs> That's in Volo's guide, though. We don't have that one. Mordecai's tome of foes. <laughs> Your trauma. Uh, is this a playable character? <laughs> a therapist is always a playable character. That's the mom of the group. You can play the mom. Yep. You mean that's when the DM makes an NPC that they actually play that follows the group around. I've seen some mom characters. They're like, how are you guys doing? Let's heal up. We're going to do great on this. You know, you're doing great, sweetie. Like, there's some there's some mom players. They're sometimes paladins or clerics or druids. Nice. But you got it. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll talk about your intervention later. You shouldn't be in the room when we do it. Okay. That's rude. Yeah, you guys, sh- you guys should play that separately. Docu- don't forget your letters are due next week for that. Uh, the next card is the fates reality's fabric unravels and spins anew allowing you to avoid or erase one event as if it never happened you can use the card's magic as soon as you draw the card or at any other time before you die so basically this gives gives you like a get out of jail free you can just be like 
that never happened. This tragic backstory thing never happened. You could completely change your backstory based on this. Or you can save it for, like, when the big bad evil guy shows up and you, like, fail an important save. You can just be like, oh, I have this Fates card. That didn't happen. So there's a lot of possibilities with that card. There is. I love it. It it seems like it's something you don't want your enemy to draw. Oh, absolutely not. You were never born. But yeah, I feel like if I had this card, I'd be so... I'd want to save it for just the right moment, and just the right moment might never come, and I might never use it. She would never use it. It does specify until you die. Yeah. Adventurers have a tendency to die, and a lot of games have resurrection, but imagine, like, dying mid-combat, not using that card, only to lose it when you come back to your body. A lot, yeah. But I will say, there are multiple cards that reference this one in the deck, saying, unless you use this card to reverse it. So you might say, we never stumble across this deck, or the villain was never born, and then you're going to give the DM more homework to figure out how to move the plot if you've completely rewritten his entire camp, their entire campaign. Yeah, what if I was just like, oh, hey, this, like, emperor, big, bad, evil guy, whatever, he never existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would really, that could, re- you could really fuck up a DM's world that way. You could do that, but I also think that the DM has the right to be like, oh, cool, well, his uncle was a bigger dick, and now he's in charge. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, there's some easy outs, I guess, in some of those situations. But yeah, no, it's a fun card, I think. But it also, yeah, there's the Wish one that gets a little weird, and we cover that. That's Moon. Wish can do something like that as well, except it can also really wear out the player uh, or the person who made the Wish. And also, um, there's a chance that, like, if you say, like, ah, I wish so-and-so is no longer reigning, and instead of, like, ending their reign immediately, it just throws you forward in time. To where they're no longer reigning, and that's kind it. of like a monkey's paw, monkey's paw, gin wish giving kind of thing. All right, and I have the last two cards we're going to discuss this episode, which are the jester. So these kind of work together, jester and son, and by that I mean they're similar. So the jester, you gain ten thousand experience, or you draw two additional cards beyond your declared draws. So you could draw two extra cards. Feeling lucky, punk? Yeah, you, you're playing God at this point. If you're familiar with the deck, you might be like, ooh, all the bad ones have been taking. The worst that's going to happen to me is, I don't know, I changed my alignment. But yeah, there's some shit in there. Uh, so 10,000 XP can be a lot depending on what level you are. If you're starting at level 1, 10,000 XP automatically jumps you to level 5. From five, it takes you to level six. So seems slightly exponential. Yeah, it's a lot of it's like that. So you like for those who aren't familiar, we're kind of gonna go through like how many experience points you need to level. First levels to second is only three hundred. Then you go nine hundred, twenty seven hundred, sixty five hundred. The jumps are pretty rough when you go for like four to five or from level five. And then it's kind of consistent. So 6,500 to 14,000, 23,000, 34,000, 48,000. It's kind of adding 15,000 between to a degree, 10 to 15,000. Uh, the jumps get worse. When you hit level 12, it's a 10, uh, 100,000 XP, 120,000 for 13, and 140,000. And then it goes to uh, twenty five thousand XP. It's wild. It keeps going up to level. But presumably, but presumably at that point you're fighting 
monsters that have a higher CR have more give you more experience when you kill yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. And I think I normally don't use experience because I don't want to do math on my off time. And so I use milestones for my stuff. So either I've finished a main portion of like an arc or they've done something character-wise growth or story growth. They'll gain a level so I can throw harder things at them and put in more challenging puzzles. That is something that like I might have to reference this table. It's like you randomly gain 10,000 XP. Cool. You're a level four. That puts you at 12,000 XP. You're almost level six. Cool. You're level five now. That's great. Uh, to really mess this up, you could also draw dun, 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 the sun card where you gain 50,000 XP that's, and a wondrous items, which your DM randomly determines, which appears in your hand. So you don't draw two extra cards, but you get a wondrous item. And 50,000, if you're starting at level one, rocket just straight up to level nine. Oof. That's, yeah, that's significant. Yeah, and if you gained 50,000 more, if you were level 9, which is 48,000, 50,000 more puts you almost to your 2,000 XP away from level 12. So a three-level jump there. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of uh, character foundation that happens between level 1 and 9. Yeah, you gain access to, like, two uh, ability score improvements or two feats you go through multiple levels i think you usually get like a subclass modifier at like level two and five you gain third level spells uh six you normally get a subclass expansion seven is i think a subclass two and and now the party has a tank yeah for sure hopefully it's the barbarian and they have like 200 hp Mm -hmm. now because they're gods (laughs) yeah i mean you would Reality, what are the odds that a level one party is coming across the deck of many things, though? That's just, like, that's wild DMing, I feel like. It's wild DMing, but I, I'm, I'm, again, this is a warning to DMs. Don't use this unless you've read all the cards. You might think, ooh, it's fun. I'm going to throw the deck of many things to the party at level one. And they're not going to, they're either going to know or they're not going to know. And if they're not metagaming and their characters, for lack of a better word, stupid, draws from this deck, then yeah, you're going to have some problems. Or, like, there's, yeah, it's really up to the DM on when they're going to give them. And maybe they just kind of have it. Like, our DM gave it to us at, like, level four. And it wrecked some stuff. They did not read. So you have to be careful with it. And if you want to give it to them at level one, just know that those people who just spent two hours making a character and hopefully writing a backstory might have their soul taken from them. Uh, or they might suddenly be level nine. That's true. You got to play the game to win the game, right? Or yeah. be trapped in a bubble on a different plane. Whatever happens, happens. Or hopefully somebody gets the or fate retcons, card. Yeah, you know. Hopefully somebody gets fate or wish or something. Wish can't undo everything, though. Remember, it can only locate some of those people from our previous episode. Right. So with that, um, I guess that's kind of my tips too. Um, be careful with your leveling. Um, this episode got a little long. Um, just Zachary's tips. Just, uh, just not the quite tips. the same. Now you got to do just <laughs> the tips. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. Zach's tips. No, Zach's tips sounds like 
I have a prolix <laughs> penis. I don't like it. <laughs> so yeah, with that comment about a double-headed dick. Um, what? Yeah. No, you made it up. What? You said Zach's tips, didn't you? Oh, well, you yeah, did. yeah, yeah. It was in the in the plural. And yeah, I was, was like, yeah, that's. And why would you limit it to double then? Never mind. That's Bye. Tr- no, you can't leave on that. You have to face the consequences. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Sweet Tea and D and D. We're gonna have to scrub our computers and my microphones and headphones from hearing that comment. Uh, Thomas is giggling still. Uh, thanks for listening. You can catch us on your podcatcher of choice. You can also catch Adrian, who's now running Instagram and Twitter with all of us kind of commenting on there here and now. If you're engaging in there, we appreciate you listening. You can also scream into the sky if you want to leave us a review. Or you could do it uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you. Everybody say bye. 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 <laughs> 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 <laughs>